Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett. Well, around these parts, we now know that October 7th is the first Notre Dame hockey game as our opponent Clarkson announced it on Twitter. So it's Clarkson and Notre Dame October 7th. Looking forward to having the call of that game on our sister station, Quality Rock 94.3 FM. Around that time, my next guest will be ready to go for another NHL season as the play-by-play voice of the Chicago Blackhawks on NBC Sports Chicago. I got to know this guy during the Midwest League. We called some ferocious South Bend Cubs, Great Lake Loons matchups over a couple of years, and it's my pleasure to welcome Chris Vosters back to WSBT Radio. Chris, first off, congratulations on a great season calling Blackhawks hockey. It is not easy to follow a legend, but congratulations on a great year in which a tough year in which you didn't win as many games as you had hoped. Well, thanks, Darren. I appreciate it. And, and yes, it's, uh, it's great to be with you. I certainly remember the, the good old press box at, at Four Winds Field very well. I think I think we played uh, extra innings uh, at least a couple of those times, <laughs> the Loons and the South Bank Cubs. Squared off. That's one thing I do like about hockey, even with the, the pitch clock in baseball. Uh, there's no pace of play issues in, in hockey, as you know as well from doing from doing Notre Dame hockey. But, uh, you know, it was, it, yeah, as you said, it was my first season with the Blackhawks, and, and yes, the team was, was in the cellar, but I, I credit the, the front office led by general manager Kyle Davidson and, and our president of business operations, Jamie Faulkner, for being transparent with the fan base that, hey, we, we were going through a rebuild. And so I don't think there was the expectation that there, that the team was going to be playoff bound by any means last season. And, uh, you know, there were some emotional difficulties dealing with the departure of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, two franchise icons and cornerstones. But especially with the news that, that the Blackhawks received the number one pick when the NHL draft lottery took place on May 8th, that's really given the fan base a shot in the arm of enthusiasm and optimism that, that this rebuild is going to get on track and, and a new era is going to begin. Chris, what was your immediate reaction when you saw that the Blackhawks jumped a lot of teams to get that number one pick and a year in which people believe that there is a generational talent ready to be selected? We had a staff party on 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 May 8th and you know again there was a lot of excitement going into draft lottery night because you know, the Blackhawks were going to get a top five pick and a lot of people thought that you know the, the numbers actually said the Blackhawks had the highest chance of getting the fourth or the fifth overall pick which would have been fine it's a it's a deep draft class as you know but then you know what as the the placard turned and the number five pick came up and then the number four and then the number three, the excitement <laughs> in the, in the room got louder and louder and more palpable with every card flip that didn't reveal the Blackhawks logo. And so I got my phone out and when they revealed the, the number two pick as 
the Anaheim Ducks, or the number one pick as being the Chicago Blackhawks. They were down to the final two at that point. Uh, the whole room just went wild, and, and I had the record button going on my phone, and it made for, for a great video to post on social media, and, and just uh, it was the start of a, of a really great night. You know, the, the ticket department ran upstairs, and the phone was ringing off the hooks. They were at the United Center until midnight fielding wow. season ticket requests, and it was just a, a really, really a feel-good night. Connor Bedard is the guy that's going to be the pick for the Chicago Blackhawks. What do you believe the the Blackhawks will be getting in this guy that's only 17 years old, but there are people that say this could be the next Sidney Crosby? Yeah, needless to say, I, I've been diving into a lot of the literature, and, and there's certainly ample tape on Connor Bedard from the fabulous season that he had in World Juniors with the Regina Pats in, in Canada, and he also made a splash with the Canadian Junior National Team at, at the World Junior Tournament at the start of the calendar year. But to boil it down, it, it seems like his shot-making ability is truly what sets him apart. And it's not just a, a big, booming slap shot or a, a, a twisted wrister, you know, some of the traditional shot-making ability that you see in the sport, but it, it's his ability to create and shoot the puck from all kinds of different angles. Um, you know, in reading some interviews that he's done, it seems like he patterns a lot of his game off of Austin Matthews and mm. coupled with uh, what sounds like a, a, a tenacious work ethic. The guy's always shooting pucks in his backyard or, you know, shooting pucks in, in practice, of course, on the ice. Uh, it seems like the guy has got the work ethic paired with uh, some amazing and, and maybe never before seen shot making ability that is the reason why scouts believe he's certainly one of the best number one draft prospects to come along um, in the last 10 years. You know, he, he might not have the, the size or the skating ability of a Connor McDavid, but mm -hmm. in, in terms of his shot making ability and his shot production, um, you know, the, the superlatives are, are largely maxed out about this guy. The voice of the Chicago Blackhawks, Chris Foster is my guest. I guess the NHL is going to build up the drama, it looks like, with the schedule. The Hawks are on the road for a few games to start the year, but they also know what they're doing. It's kind of interesting how Chicago draws Pittsburgh in that first game. It's, it's so interesting, especially because the, the penultimate game of the season last year was, was in Pittsburgh as well for the Blackhawks, and you know, that was a game that Blackhawks fans really thought the Hawks had to lose <laughs> to, you know, all but guarantee or, or guarantee the highest chances of getting the number one pick in the draft. And on the other side, the Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins needed to win that game in order to get into the playoffs, and the opposite happened. The Blackhawks won, and both fan bases were really upset coming out of that game. The, the Blackhawks thought they had squandered their – chance at the number one overall pick and the the penguin season was over and it, they and they cleared house a lot of their management was gone at a, you know just a, a few hours later after the regular season ended so it was a game that that really had a tremendous impact on the off season in the nhl and and certainly the the upcoming regular season as well so yes very fitting that that, that the blackhawks and the penguins will 
we'll meet again to start the upcoming regular season. After the fact, Bruins fans are upset with that result because the Penguins didn't make it. The Florida Panthers got in because of that result. And <laughs> as we all know, they went on quite a run to the Stanley Cup Finals. Speaking of Boston, very interesting, Chris. The Blackhawks, before the drafting of Bedard, they have acquired a guy who was a number one pick back in 2010 of the Edmonton Oilers, Taylor Hall, a terrific offensive player, goal scorer, great speed. The Blackhawks acquired him from the Boston Bruins in basically a salary dump from a Boston perspective. But Chris, I'd like to get your thoughts on what you think Kyle Davidson is trying to do, knowing he's going to get Bedard and now bringing in such still a very talented offensive weapon in 31-year-old Taylor Hall? You know, I, I, think, it's, I think it's a great move for Kyle Davidson and, and one really that doesn't take uh, or come with a whole lot of risk. Um, you know, Taylor Hall has is, is got two years left on his, on his deal. He's going to make $6 million a year, which is a, a relatively modest amount. And what Kyle Davidson has done in, in the still brief tenure as general manager is he's created a lot of cap space for the Blackhawks. I mean, they are, they are still uh, about $27, $28 million under the salary cap. And that positions the Blackhawks with a lot of options, a lot of teams that are in salary cap trouble, uh, you know, I'll, I'll turn to teams like the Blackhawks <laughs> with a high – salary cap to you know get rid of bad contracts or in some cases bad contracts plus draft picks so this is a formula that that Kyle Davidson has repeated numerous times cashing in on assets and even draft picks as well from other teams because the Blackhawks have salary cap space and with the specifics of this move for with, with Taylor Hall from Boston I think it'll it, you know it, it's a you know, he's a, he's a league MVP. He's put up some amazing offensive numbers in his career. And I think he also will be able to mentor Connor Bedard in a way because he also, Taylor Hall, was a number one overall pick. So I think it'll be great for, for Connor Bedard to have a guy in the locker room, maybe even on his line, that, that can relate with him in, in a way that not many other players can, and, and that being the pressure and the expectations that come with being the number one overall pick in the draft. So I think it's a great move. And again, you know, the Blackhawks aren't, aren't tied to a 31 year old for very long. It's only two years and, and the Blackhawks in all likelihood aren't going to be a playoff contending team next season, even with a player of Connor Bedard's purported magnitudes, you know, this, this rebuild is on track, but the Blackhawks are going to be in great position two to three years from now, uh, you know, to really round out their roster and, and be in position to make a deep run in the playoffs. Chris Fosters is the voice of the Blackhawks on NBC Sports Chicago, joins me here on WSBT Radio. When you think about the future, besides Bedard, are there a couple of pieces right now on this Blackhawks roster or maybe in the minors that you feel like can be a, bar, a part of the building of a brand-new Blackhawks foundation with Bedard in the center of that? I certainly think so. And, and fortunately, you know, even, even before Connor Bedard became a reality with the Blackhawks, their first-round draft pick from 2020, uh, um, at the time a 19-year-old from Germany named Lucas Reichel, really showed – uh, made a great leap in his development last year. And 
he didn't make his NHL debut last season, but in uh, about a 15-game stretch with the Blackhawks, later in the season, shortly after the trade deadline, we're talking about March here, he really showed some promise and some potential as, as being able to contribute at the NHL level. So, uh, you know, another young winger like that, another young forward to, to pair with Connor Bedard is certainly very exciting. And the Blackhawks' first-round draft pick from, from a season ago, they, they had the seventh overall pick uh, that they used to draft a, a defenseman named Kevin Korchinski, who had a, a great season in the WHL, a, a junior league, playing for the Seattle Thunderbirds. So the, the, this rebuild really got underway when the Blackhawks, and, and again, Kyle Davidson finagled three first-round draft picks uh, via trade last year, and that really got – a jumpstart in the, in the rebuild of the prospect system. So there's already some young talent that's filtering around, and I think that will certainly continue because the Blackhawks have a lot of draft capital in this draft as well. They've got the number 19 overall pick in the first round as well. They got that from, from Tampa Bay in a trade a couple of seasons ago for Brandon Hagel, and they also have four second-round draft picks in, in the 2023 draft as well. So there's already uh, some youth in the pipeline that looks really exciting, and I think there will be another influx within the next uh, 24 to 48 hours that, uh, that, that will really continue to push the Blackhawks' prospect ranking in an upward direction. Chris, there's been a really good relationship between the Blackhawks front office and the Notre Dame coaching staff. There have been several Notre Dame players that have rolled through Chicago, and you take a look at right now, Anders Bjork actually finished last year with the Blackhawks, and I think, Chris, he had a pretty good finish. Ryder Ralston left the Irish after last year and signed on, and Landon Slaggard, a third-round pick from a couple of years ago. He's a junior at Notre Dame this year, but for Bjork, is there an opportunity to make the big club this year after 14 games, picked up two goals and six assists? Does he at least have a shot to be on the Hawks roster next year? I certainly think so. I, I, I think that you know, everything with, with, the, with the Blackhawks and, and especially the roster is, is wide open. And, you know, I, I, again, I think we talked about how much salary cap the, the Blackhawks have. You know, th there's, there are a lot of opportunities for uh, people to come in and, and prove themselves with the Blackhawks. And, and a lot of other players on the, on the current roster have done that as well. If you look at a, like a defenseman, Jared Tenorti, who was picked up off waivers, uh, forward Jason Dickinson, who the Blackhawks got the opening week of the season last year in a trade with the Vancouver Canucks. You know, the Blackhawks last year, and I think this year as well, are a great proving ground for that sort of fringe NHL player that maybe has the skill but just hasn't had the right opportunity or fit yet. So um, I, I definitely think that there's an opportunity for, for Anders Bjork if he can stay healthy, and I, I think that he made a great impression on the coaching staff and, and was, uh, you know, really, really easy to talk to in the locker room as well. From, from my perspective, the Notre Dame guys are always super professional and, uh, you know, super well-spoken and their knowledge of the game makes them really great to talk to. And, and so I, I think he absolutely has an opportunity to make an impact on the, 
on the NHL roster next season for sure. Chris, we got to stay in touch since you were on the Big Ten Network calling some Big Ten Network hockey games, and I know you're involved with a couple of Notre Dame games, but isn't it amazing? You watch college hockey, and there's a lot of skill and speed in that game, but to go from calling college hockey to the NHL, it's absolutely remarkable, Chris, the speed of the NHL game and just the skill of these individuals. I don't know how they do it with the the physicalness of the game, the speed of the game. It's truly remarkable. For those of us that watch college hockey in person, it seems fast. But when you watch an NHL game, it's like everything's in fast motion. I agree. And look, you know, the, the Big Ten, in, in my opinion, is is cream of the crop in terms of in terms of college hockey when you've got the, the blue blood programs like Notre Dame and Michigan and Minnesota and Wisconsin and, and Michigan State have had some down years, but they they certainly, you know, have had, um, you know, some amazing players come through those programs. Penn State in, in recent years has been a, a program on the rise, but I'll never forget I, I was, um, you know, about two months into my first season with the Blackhawks, so just last season. And I, I was on the road with the team in Boston, and we had an off night, and I went to a college hockey game between Boston and Northeastern. And again, those are two outstanding college programs. And it was the first time I had watched a college hockey game since covering the NHL on a regular basis. And the first thing I noticed was when the players were lined up on the blue line for the national anthem, I thought, my gosh, these guys look so small <laughs> compared to the, the NHL players. It, it, you're, you're absolutely right. It is amazing the combination of size and speed and, of course, skill that you see at the NHL level. It, it's, it's easy to understand why it is, you know, the, the top league in the world in the sport of hockey. And, you know, the, the – D, D1, major D1 college hockey players in the States are, are fabulous too. And, you know, a lot of great NHL players play college hockey. But, um, you know, it, it, it's the same in, in, across all sports, the jump between college and, and professional. I mean, you're taking the, the 1% of the 1%, and it's, uh, it is really something to see. It's funny, Chris and I were, were texting a little bit yesterday setting up this interview. It's amazing how small – the hockey world is. I was joking with Chris, the person in charge of VP of business operations for the Hawks actually lived right below me in college, Tony Oman, who's on the Stanley Cup three times, which still blows my mind. Uh, He's got his name (laughs) on the Stanley Cup that many times. But also, I've gotten to know, and I'm not sure if you've had a chance to spend much time with him, but Pete Weber is the radio voice of the Nashville Predators, and he's a Notre Dame grad. He did Notre Dame hockey in the 1970s, was a big fan of Lefty Smith, and I got to meet him in 2021, had breakfast with him. I was supposed to go to a Predators game, but it got canceled because of a a COVID outbreak. But what I'm getting to, it's amazing some of the cities you go to, and I think Nashville's unique. You've got a hockey arena right in the middle of Broadway with all the honky-tonks and right across the street is the the mother church of country music so it's 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 remarkable the Ryman Auditorium what a cool place to I guess go to call a hockey game so outside of Nashville what are a couple of places that you found very interesting to travel to well you know I I, uh, I'm ashamed to admit that I had never been to the great nation of Canada before I started 
covering the NHL. And, you know, there are some great Canadian cities that you get to travel to covering NHL hockey, specifically Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver. Those are all great, great cities, uh, unique unto themselves, uh, distinctly Canadian, but also very, very global also. Mm -hmm. So those, those cities are great. You know, I'm also a fan just of the, the original six matchups, you know, when, when you, when you're in Boston, when you're in New York as well, uh, playing in, in some of those iconic arenas, namely Madison square garden. That's, that's really cool. And then I got to say also it's, it's a winter hockey is a winter sport, but there are lots of teams in warm weather climates and, you know, it always feels like right when you're just sick of the cold, you get a trip down to Florida to play Tampa or the Panthers or something like that. And so that always seems to come at, at the perfect time as well, a, a trip down to Florida or Arizona or something like that. You probably look at the schedule right away to see when you go to Edmonton and Calgary because it can be a big, big difference what time of the year you play them. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I, you know, it was funny. We were in, we were in Winnipeg, uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, which is also, you know, very, very, very cold uh, Canadian city, right, right in the middle. It's kind of above North Dakota, Minnesota. And we were there in November, and you know it was it was just absolutely freezing. Uh, you know, even by you know living in Chicago, even by November standards, it it was freezing. And you know, I made a comment to a security guard or or a local or something like that, and you know the comment that I got back was just you know this this is this is mild compared to how it gets in January. You know, be thankful that you're here in November and not January. So it's definitely a special kind of cold up there, um, Edmonton as well. Just absolutely frigid but um you know it, it you really respect the the people that live in those communities and how passionate they are about their hometown hockey teams you know it, it's it's a really big part of hockey culture and it, it was a, a lot of fun experiencing that side of, of the sport and learning about that as well over the course of last season see chris an april 7th opening game in midland michigan when it's 25 degrees doesn't sound so bad now does it <laughs> no it it doesn't it, it really doesn't although it, in those days i was i was foolish enough to keep the press box windows open i don't know what i was thinking me too so at, at least it, <laughs> at least in it, you're inside in a hockey re- arena and you just have to worry about the walk from the bus inside or something like that. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, Chris, one final question for you. I think you have an amazing opportunity in front of you as the Blackhawks have brought in Darren Pang from St. Louis to be your new TV analyst. Of course, a great Blackhawks goaltender, even though he makes fun of himself all the time. He was a solid goaltender for the Blackhawks. He is a terrific broadcaster. We see him on the TNT coverage of the NHL and the Stanley Cup playoffs. Just offer me your perspective. Have you had the chance to talk to Darren and what it's going to be like to work with such a guy who's done so many great things in the game of hockey? Well, first of all, Darren, and and I I know that you are a a Bruins fan, but I also know that you've got ties to St. Louis as well. So I hope there's no hard feelings that, uh, (laughs) that, that we were taking Panger from the, from the blues and bringing him back to Chicago. But uh, he's, he's been fabulous. And, you know, I, I ran into him a couple of times in St. Louis last season. And as you know, he's a big name in the sport of hockey and, and in the sport of hockey broadcasting as well. Uh, you know, he's had a 30-year broadcast career. He actually started his post-playing broadcast career with the Blackhawks on, on Blackhawks TV at the time. So I know that 
he's really thrilled about this opportunity. Feels like he's coming full circle in a way with, with this job specifically. And just watching him on TV, the energy and the enthusiasm and the positivity that he brings to his calls, he brings to his regular interactions with everyday people as well. He's the same guy off air that you see on air. And, and so I'm, I'm really excited to work with him and, um, you know, just continue to pick his brain learn the sport through his expertise, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think our, our styles and our senses of humor will, will mesh really well, and I think we're really going to enjoy bringing Blackhawks hockey to, to fans across the world next season. Well, i got to tell you, one of my favorite places I've ever called a Notre Dame hockey game was the United Center. I've called, I think, three games there, and you have such a wonderful vantage point for Blackhawks hockey. What a great place to call home, what, 41 times a year with the national anthem and all the pomp and circumstance before the game and just to be a part of Blackhawks hockey. So congratulations to you and really looking forward to getting a brand-new season underway and can't wait to hear you and Panger describe Blackhawks hockey this year. Thanks, Darren. Uh, so appreciate all that you do and uh, so enjoyed being in the Midwest League, calling baseball games with you. Um, you know, even, even now, I, I still look back so fondly on that moment in my career. Uh, it was a ton of fun and, you know, made me the, the person that I am today. And uh, so, you know, really enjoy our, our, our relationship and, and looking forward to staying in touch. More on the hockey side of things yeah. now than baseball, but uh, really looking forward to that. Love it. Hey, and if you need any improvements on your hotel rooms, I'll get Tony in line. I'll get it taken care of for you, okay? <laughs> That's good to know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let him know that, hey, I'm going to Darren, Tony, if, if things go south. If I don't get the corner hotel room suite, you know, I'm, talking, I'm talking to Darren. <laughs> Outstanding. Chris, be well. Thank you so much for your time, and we'll talk to you down the line. Thanks, Darren. Be well. Talk soon. All right. That's Chris Fosters, the voice of the Blackhawks on NBC Sports Chicago. Back in a moment on WSBT. Hey, everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 